fighting for freedom every day. Broadcasting from the heartland of America. The next generation in conservative talk radio. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. What's up? Welcome into it. Hey, happy Monday, man. Setting the tone for an entirely new week. We are into the end of February. We're almost into March, which means Super Tuesday's around the corner. We had primaries last weekend or this past weekend. We have primaries coming up tomorrow. We have Super Tuesday next week. It's just a grand old time, so welcome into it. So wonderful to have you with us broadcasting out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas on our flagship radio station, the Big Talker KQAM. We are all over the country, multiple radio stations, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch or listen. Welcome aboard your Millennial General reporting for duty like we do every single day. Hope you had a great weekend. It was not long enough as usual. I think most people feel that way during the weekend time, but nonetheless, we're back at it and here Ready to go. We're going to carpe diem all over this place. Bottom of the hour. We're getting into election season for sure. Jason Nelson. Jason, what is what does he call himself? Jason the Storm Chaser Nelson. Not like actual storm chasing, but he chases the political storm. Oh, I like it. Maybe he is a storm chaser down in Texas. Candidate for the 17th Congressional District in the great state of Texas. We'll have him on the program talk about his campaign, what's going on down at the crisis at the border, and so much more. Still looking forward to that conversation speaking of i know immigration right now is still topic numero uno when it comes to priorities for you the voter as we go further and deeper into election season so the big question is going to be will this be the achilles heel for the biden administration they're campaigning right now on the investment in america tour really talking about everything that they've done investing and i say that in air quotes for our radio listeners investing in America, meaning social programs and government bailouts and government buyouts and all the money that they're printing and spending, lowering the value of the dollar, creating inflation in the nation and talking about the stuff that actually isn't doing any good for us at all. But that's their campaign right now. They're trying to revive Bidenomics in just a different fashion. It's not Bidenomics any longer. It's now investing in America to her. Okay. All right, good luck with that. So we'll talk about that here in a bit. But now that we are seeing this story out of, what was it, Georgia, where the gal ended up dying from an illegal migrant, just refuels that fire. This is priority topic number one for most people across the nation, even on both sides of the aisle. So we have that to cover and so much more. But as we look into the weekend, first off, hopefully, if you did not get to enjoy CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference, that happened over the weekend, Thursday through Saturday, If you didn't get to watch or listen to a lot of it, highly recommend that you do. You can find the speeches on YouTube. You can find the list of the different speakers that were there. And I encourage you to check out many of them. We covered a lot of them live on the syndicated show over the weekend and got to play some of those live. We got to play some of the audio bits from some of the major speakers. And there's a resonating message right now that there is conservative movements all over, not just in the country here, but globally right now. And they're starting, the the seeds have been planted, and they're beginning the Viva Viva La Revolution. They are starting in Central and South America, where they've been controlled by dictators and tyrants and mobsters and mafia types and cartels and big governments for a long time, decades. They've been controlled by some of these big government utopianites Down there, they're beginning to fight back and push back just a little bit. El Salvador, the president of El Salvador, spoke at CPAC on Thursday last week and brought down the House, in my opinion. If you have not heard his speech, I highly recommend 
that you do. Uh, Naib Bukele is his name, and you can look at that speech on YouTube. He talks about how El Salvador, if you don't know, that's where MS-13, the gang that comes to America, that's where they originated from. And they were the gang country, uh, the gang nation of the entire world. They were the murder capital of the entire world for years. And this president, Naib Bukele, who just won, by the way, a re-election with a near 83 to 85% vote of the people in El Salvador, declared war on the gangs when that was his campaign. He's thrown more than 70,000 individuals in jail in El Salvador and is cleaning up the streets from the cartels who created a parallel government trying to battle by hiring judges, by hiring politicians, by running people for political office for their particular agenda. Sounds vaguely familiar, doesn't it, here in the United States right now? And he even said that those dark energies, is what he called them, are here in the U.S., and we have to be aware of them, recognize them, and fight against them tooth and nail. He had to go to the point, which, of course, the media losing their minds over, he had to go to the point of arresting judges and those in the judicial system and the court system because of how corrupt they were with ties to these cartels and to these gangs that he had to arrest them even, which I think the media... Might want to cover up your desperation show in just a little bit. I think that's what they're concerned about when Trump gets back into office is that he's going to clean house, which is why they're saying that he's going to execute his opponent. He's just going to just arrest everybody that's gone after him for this personal vendetta when what really needs to be happening is to be exposing a lot of the corruption that we're seeing in the court system. And uh, example numero A, the uh, would be evidence A here would be Donald Trump and how they're going after him for absolute nonsense right now on the campaign trail just for the sake of going after Donald Trump. So that being said, you can listen to our podcast of the syndicated show over the weekend and you can hear our recap of that. You can also go to YouTube and just watch the uh, speeches straight from and listen to the entire thing, which I do highly encourage. The other big thing that happened over the weekend, obviously... What's trending today? That is what? One, two, three. That is state number four now with an absolute dominance of Donald Trump in the primaries over Nikki Haley in her home state of South Carolina and even in her home county in South Carolina where he ended up beating her with about the same majority of about a 60 to 40 ratio. Donald Trump walking away with 47 delegates. Nikki Haley walking away with three delegates. Ron DeSantis getting 0.4% of the vote even though he's officially dropped out. Of this race. Where does Nikki Haley go from here? I don't know. And I've said before, there's a time and a place to be the alternative, to be the different example, to be the one, the holdout. So that way, those that don't want to get on board with this unified message can still have a voice, still have a say, still have an option. But at some point, we have to start redirecting sources for the Republican Party to start gearing towards a general election for Joe Biden or whoever that may be, fill in the blank. If he steps down or if he you know, has Operation Joe Biden tripped down the stairs while trying to tie his shoe, if any of that happens, we have to start redirecting messages to winning over new voters, to expanding the voter base, to include more Republicans, and to start targeting Democrats in the races and the candidates. We have to do that. Because if not, we're going to sabotage ourselves like we do oh so well, uh, which some organizations are starting to recognize that, pulling their funding from Nikki Haley. They still endorse her, but pulling their financial aside from Nikki Haley and stopping their contributions. The money's starting to go away. Now, she did pick up a few donors as well from the Democrat side of the aisle, so that's kind of interesting. So she may stay try to hang in there as long as she can. But at some point, we have to start focusing our attention on the general election, and we have to do that with the mindset that we're playing from behind. Andy, what do you mean by that? Well, not only do we have the independent vote that majoritively does not like Donald Trump or Joe Biden, we have to find a way to win them over. 
So therefore, we have to spend resources to try to appeal to them. And Donald Trump, whether you like Donald Trump or not, is actually doing a better job campaigning than the Republican Party in its entirety by talking to minority communities that normally don't even vote Republican, which is what he has to do as well, reaching new uh, new individuals and winning over new people. Our message to the black community in this election will be a very simple one. If you want strong borders, safe neighborhoods, rising wages, good jobs, great education, and the return of the American dream, then congratulations, you are a Republican. It's pretty simple. (laughs) That's a beautiful message right there. Communities right now in New York City, in Chicago, and other uh, major cities across the nation where we're seeing this migrant uh, issue that are going towards inner cities where uh, black communities traditionally are, are seeing the crime waves even increase tenfold because of these migrants that are there right now that the government's bringing in and spending all these all this money on for social programs, giving them food stamp cards, giving them apartments, giving them hotels, giving them YMCAs, giving them whatever. And these communities are saying, wait a second, how come you've never invested this much into us for us to actually get on our feet and actually, you know, allow ourselves to have an opportunity here? They're upset. And why would we not reach out to them with Donald Trump with this kind of messaging? And where the hell is the Republican National Committee? Where we have all this money, supposedly, that needs to go towards candidates, and we're not reaching new people. Republicans, I've said this so many times before, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse here, that the Republican Party has been horrible at reaching out to new demographics and trying to win them over with conservative principles. Because we will win when we actually pitch our conservative principles. We can win anybody over with the vision and the agenda and the view that we have. It's just reaching out to them in the first place, which Donald Trump's doing. The next primary is tomorrow in the state of Michigan. Now, some other, I was listening to some other talk show hosts throughout the day, and they're kind of just kind of blowing off Michigan because it's predominantly Democrats. I wouldn't do that. Because if you have any opportunity of finding a way to win over the blue dog Democrats, the blue collar workers, the union workers with how much money the unions actually spend for the Democrat Party, Michigan's the prime opportunity to do that and be the tester, be the social experiment to see how well our candidates do. And Donald Trump won them in 2016. Why would we write them off in 2024? Because he can win them over by being the business guy that works with the actual worker, understand their values, and understand how hard it is for them to actually survive in a Biden economy right now. Michigan's a prime example of what we can do to focus on those blue dog Democrats, to not have them walk away and just continue to vote Democrat because their union tells them to do so, but actually win them over and have them vote Republican. At the same time, Michigan also is in play now because of the Muslim population wanting to walk away from Joe Biden as well. So you got that going for you as well, Republicans. We should probably take advantage of that situation. But instead, we're bickering amongst ourselves. We had Nikki Haley that just won't drop out of the race because she wants to be that alternative waiting for Donald Trump to be arrested or to be removed from the campaign trail. And we have Ronna McDaniel, who has announced as of earlier today that she will be stepping down as of March 8th after Super Tuesday which throws another wrench into the system for the Republican Party that's already in disarray. And there's speculation of who that's going to be for the replacement. We don't know. The committee actually has to vote on them. But what is their number one priority? The number one priority is the same as what you get as a state Republican Party, whatever state you're in. And it's the same agenda and priority as what the county Republican parties are in if you're involved in your local county party, wherever, again, you may be. And that is to fundraise, find candidates, and campaign for the candidates to help them out the best possible. And right now, the RNC instead 
while we're seeing the issue with Ronald McDaniel stepping down, there's also now some movement of trying to pass some resolutions to distance themselves away from Donald Trump and not support him wholeheartedly at this point in the game. Now, traditionally, I understand. Traditionally, we have five or six candidates still at this point. We don't know who it's exactly going to be. And the Republican Party, for the most part, would stay out of it and say, wait until the delegation is done. Wait until the the uh, RNC convention in June. Wait until we actually have a candidate. And then we throw our support behind them wholeheartedly. We're in a little bit different situation, though, right now, obviously, are we not? Where Donald Trump is the presumptive nominee, he's dominating the delegates. He's not losing any momentum, and Nikki Haley's not gaining any support. So wouldn't it be smart, RNC, Republican Party, wouldn't it be smart for just a moment to think beyond this and say this is a different type of election? We're going to use Donald Trump as the presumptive nominee. We're throwing our support wholeheartedly behind him. We're going to start helping campaign with him. We're going to start working on events with him. We're going to start coordinating our events with the Trump team on the campaign trail. We're going to start advertising for him. We're going to do whatever it takes to get him into office because we cannot survive another four years of a Joe Biden. You would think that would be a common sense thing, but instead they want to pass resolutions of, well, we're going to distance ourselves and we're not going to throw financial support behind any candidate until they have the number of delegates needed for the state convention in June or the national convention in June. All right, fine. But how many months right now is Joe Biden getting ahead of us by campaigning, attacking Republicans when we're attacking ourselves? This is getting ridiculous, man. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into it. Right now, the main focus, the main mission for the Republican Party, the RNC, the state Republican parties across the nation right now is outreach, is messaging, is setting what our agenda is, what our exact platform is going to be for the election and trying to reach as many people as possible. Demographics that normally don't get reached. The black communities that are upset the Hispanic communities that are extremely upset, the Asian communities that feel left out, the Native American communities that are in uh, tribal lands that are the prime example of a failed socialist state from the federal government. I mean, whatever whatever you want to look at, these are the opportunities for us to reach out and be like, hey, your process has not been working. Why are you still doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result? Why don't we try something a little bit different? Like, I don't know, individual sovereignty, individual freedom. Let's go ahead and win these people over. Why not? That's what we do. It's what our goal is supposed to be. I'll just write them off. Don't worry about that. It's not going to win anyways. We need to reach the younger generation. We need to reach the independents. We need to reach the libertarians. I'm telling you, after the, uh, again, going back to CPAC, there's always a straw poll there for you to vote on, you know, your favorite person here, favorite person there, your presidential straw poll, which Donald Trump overwhelmingly won like 95 to 5 at CPAC over Nikki Haley. But one of the questions was quite fascinating that I saw the results of, which was, who should Donald Trump choose as his vice presidential nominee? And the numbers actually kind of surprised me. Tied at first was Christy Nome and was Vivek Ramaswamy, which was kind of fascinating. I I mean, I like both of them. I think they would both do a terrific job. 
uh, Christy Nome doesn't really help the cause, but is a solid conservative. Vivek is a younger version of Trump that's feisty that I think would do well, but again, doesn't have quite the experience. But the number three choice, actually, behind those two that were tied at first, the number three choice was actually uh, Tulsi Gabbard. The former Democrat, who's now an independent, who I was not aware of, actually, who's been campaigning heavily for Donald Trump in this election to get rid of Joe Biden. Not just because she's a conservative, because she does have some policy ideals that are a little bit left-leaning, but because she wants the freedom of speech, she understands what they're doing to Trump, and she doesn't like the old guard establishment in D.C. at all from both sides of the aisle. And I didn't I didn't realize how much of an ardent Trump supporter she was. She spoke at CPAC and actually focused her entire speech on the attacks that the Democrats and the establishment have been doing against Donald Trump. And she spoke at Mar-a-Lago apparently last week as well. And I got to thinking about it. And I've been a big fan of Tulsi Gabbard. Again, don't always agree with every policy decision that she has. But just theoretically, if she were the vice presidential pick for Donald Trump, what would that do? Now, again, this is really setting the stage for who's going to potentially be the presidential candidate after Trump because he's only there for one term. And we could essentially carry on the legacy for another eight years thereafter, theoretically. So it's got to be someone of importance like that. But Tulsi Gabbard brings in an entirely, at least in my opinion, brings in an entirely different demographic to potentially support the ticket. She is an independent who was a Democrat who has some a little bit of progressive values to her, who's fighting not for necessarily the purest conservative cause, but fighting for the purest freedom cause with freedom of speech and the lack of censorship and the lack of just starting random wars and the involvement in foreign policy issues and that sort of thing. She would be solid on those issues. And for her to be on the ticket, I think, honestly, would widen it to bring more people on board than any potential conservative Republican that we have on the list that are great and I love them. And if they're on the ticket, I would support them wholeheartedly. But she could bring something fresh and different. And I honestly would be okay with that. I'd honestly be in total support if he chose someone like Tulsi Gabbard, who apparently is on that short list for him after the town hall that he did with Fox News and Laura Ingram last week and said that he agreed that she was on the short list potentially for that. I think that she is way classier than Kamala Harris, obviously. I think that she would be a stand-up individual to really say what's on her mind and be the wicked, wild, independent free thinker that would both challenge the Republican and the Democrat parties with her stances on issues be open to dialogue and conversation and win over some new people that honestly might be a great challenge and a great idea interesting concept lots more coming up here on the voice of reason for a monday stay here this is the voice of reason with andy hoosier Reason meets radio. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed, it is. Welcome back into an interesting conversation for sure. When we look at the state of politics, how to widen that parameter a little bit, expand the umbrella just a little bit. But I'm telling you, the immigration issue is issue numero uno when it comes to priorities for many voters across the nation. Obviously, with the migrants, 10 million of them coming in across the border illegally since the Biden administration. We had the shooting that just happened recently. We're now Trump saying that vowing on day number one wants to do one of the largest deportation operations, wants to handle this issue after the uh, killing of Lake and Riley, a child, 
a young adult, we'll put it that way, but still a child, essentially, from an illegal migrant. And again, that riles people up and that message is going to could be the devastating effect for the Biden administration, kind of the icing on the cake or the final nail in the coffin uh, because of this issue. I like to look overseas and, and I make fun of it because I kind of chuckle a little bit. But yes, I'm a fanboy. I don't care. But Conor McGregor, the UFC fighter, uh, did the same thing after a nine year old girl ended up dying in Ireland from illegal migrants that were there. And he's gotten heavily involved in politics, going after many of the politicians out there, and has hinted at a potential presidential run there as well because of this issue wanting to solve this immigration crisis. And, oh, by the way, the polls show that if he did run, he had like 83% of the support. So (laughs) he's a very popular guy over there. But a populist conservative in Ireland, uh, let's tie that in with the president of El Salvador that just spoke at uh, CPAC over the weekend, Nayib Bukele. Look at the president of Argentina right now with Javier Milley. That's a solid conservative pushing back against the socialist movement, understanding what's at stake here. Then we tie in the Donald Trump movement. This is a global conservative movement right now that's concerned about a couple things, but really it's immigration and the expansion of socialism, trying to disrupt society. And what can we do about it? We need to stay vigilant and stay aware of what the heck's happening across the nation, especially what's going on at our southern border, which leads us to our latest guest here on the program. What's trending today? Seeing it firsthand in many cases, as he's a former congressional candidate for the 17th district in the great state of Texas, also co-founder of his business as well, uh, WholeCows.com Prepping Service, which is amazing. And I can't wait to talk about some of this and a heck of a lot more. Happy to have on the program, Mr. Jason Nelson. Jason, what's going on, brother? How are you? Hey, I'm uh, doing as best as can be expected for a person who's constantly being expected to fix the world. You know what I mean? (laughs) Got to fix the world, man. That's what we're about each and every day. Uh, First off, let's talk about the immigration going on down there, because is we hear the news out of D.C. We're working on a bill. We failed the bill. We got to address the bill. We got to do something. But is it getting any better? Are you hearing anything different down at the border? Is it still just the same chaos that we see every single day? I think it's as, it's as much chaos as we've had, and I expect that it's going to get worse as we head towards the summer months. That uh, tends to be uh, when there tends to be an influx. And, you know, it's insane to me. Everyone always claims, like you just pointed out uh, in your intro here about this shooting, that it's the best. The best people are coming. And I think, well, first of all, if it is true that it's the best, then we would never see crimes in the, in the manner that we see them. And secondly, if we truly were receiving the best from all of these countries and they were failing states, um, then shouldn't we send them back? I mean, because then the country's only going to get worse without these wonderful, amazing people who are the apparently the you know such great contributors that that they'll be drastically missed. And I, I think the entire thing is obviously just idiocy. They all think we're idiots. They think that we um, see our border being crushed. I see my ranchers being uh, uh, losing livestock, having livestock just shot and murdered, having to worry about their staff, their families. Um, and, and this is a common theme in Texas. And we're right here in a main shipping corridor and we deal with human trafficking and, and fentanyl trade. And it's just absolutely uh, we're under invasion. We are essentially a failed nation at this point, and it lays at the feet of those open border Democrats led by Biden. That's a whole other aspect I never even thought of. So you're seeing it from the agricultural standpoint with just missing cows, dead cows, and just your your ranchers actually being attacked from some of these migrants. 
Absolutely. I mean, they lose their... i got to understand that uh, fencing is the difference between having cattle and not having cattle, right? You can brand your cattle all you want, but if you can't fence them and keep them in the places they're supposed to be, you can't guide them to water, you're going to lose them. And, 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 you know, it seems like, well, if I have uh, 5,000 head of cattle on my, uh, on my ranch and losing 50 cattle isn't such a big deal, well, that 50 cattle is probably the difference between whether or not uh, that farmer makes a profit or that rancher makes a profit that year. Uh, the, the margins are razor thin. I don't care what the beef prices are going up to. They're a reflection of uh, energy prices and, and food prices. So, so when a rancher has his, has his uh, fencing torn down because someone just wants to pass through and they're trespassing, um, they've essentially opened up the rancher to a, a possible huge loss. Uh, an entire section of their herd could be lost just because somebody doesn't care about that. That doesn't even uh, address the idea of them actively killing their cattle or actively destroying the other aspects, uh, poisoning water holes by leaving dead animals in them. I mean, these are not stories that are rare. These are common occurrences. That blows my mind. I never even thought about this aspect of it. What do you do about something like that? I mean, do you have to have your ranchers on hand keeping a lookout like day in and day out while the uh, while the cattle are out there grazing in the pasture? Like, what do you do? Well, I'm not, I'm not a rancher. I'm just a guy who buys a bunch of cows from them and turns them into 25-year shelf-stable beef. But that said, yeah. uh, from what I know what they do, Unfortunately, as you've seen that happened in Arizona, uh, where a rancher uh, uh, ended up killing a, a, a multi-time uh, multi felon who was illegally on his land and illegally in this nation and is still being held to account as a murderer, uh, a lot of these ranchers, uh, they feel not only are their hands tied behind their back, they feel like they have targets on their back. Yeah. And, and so how they cope and deal with it is to try and engage as much as possible with their local authorities to exercise as much of the law that the state can. But unfortunately, uh, if they aren't patrolling their uh, fencing, if they aren't constantly keeping a vigilant eye on these things, then they're going to lose uh, and lose big. And, and this is just continuous attack on our, our food supply, our food uh, um, uh, supply chain that's, uh, that's domestically been under assault for a couple of years now. And and nobody cares. Nobody cares about these impacts other than people like you and I and probably your wonderful audience. Yeah. No, that's a, it's devastating to see what's happening. And then on top of that, of course, then we have the economy, like you mentioned, with prices for fuel to be able to transport and the price of inflation and just meat prices in general that are not the fault of the actual farmers and ranchers, but are actually because of the way the economy is right now and the hatred we have apparently on the agricultural industry to where I'm sure with your business that it's tougher and tougher for you to actually get the meat to do what you need to do with it, isn't it? Well, it's our our dependence on a clean supply chain. So that was the the motto of our company was that we were going to ensure that people could have mRNA free uh, uh, cattle that were free from growth hormones uh, that were raised, you know, under a big blue sky. And and these are a lot of uh, standards that we set for our company, and we wanted to ensure that they were always in place. Right now, what you're seeing is, I mean, let's just you look at it at a larger scale. I, I could talk about beef, but let's give a better example. Um, rice, is a, rice is a staple crop of the world. India is going to have uh, lower exports, uh, record low exports this year. Um, is it because they don't have any rice? Absolutely not. It's because they can't afford the fuel, the fuel to ship the rice. So when you think about where did that, where did fuel prices rise? Well, they rose because of bad environmental policy. It's the same reason why we don't have water available for our cattle here. Uh, because the Bureau of Land Management and the EPA have done everything they can to restrict as much as possible the access to water and to not have any 
uh, a plan in place to understand that we have a shifting population and demographics within the state of Texas and other places in this country. Uh, they're destroying farmland. Um, none of this is made up. None of this is a conspiracy theory. It's uh, maybe a conspiracy, but it, it's definitely not a conspiracy theory. You just have to open your eyes and take a look at it and realize just how much of our agrarian sector in this country is, is how precarious it is and how much it is under attack. Yeah, but don't worry, Jason, right? You're just going to have that electric vehicle truck that can go through the fields and uh, be able to take care of stuff, right? Oh, right. I mean, I can just eat. I'll just buy my meat at the grocery store, right? That's how it's done. Why do I need cows? Wow. It's unbelievable. We're talking with Jason Nelson. He was a former candidate for the 17th Congressional District, the great state of Texas, also owner of wholecows.com, uh, W-H-O-L-E-Cows.com. You can check out some of this stuff. Uh, we have to take a break in just a moment here, Jason, but I want to tease this a little bit because with the migration problem right now that we're seeing the crime rates all over the state of Texas and across the nation that I think are devastating. Do you think with the shooting that we saw down in Georgia and uh, some of the other crime that we're seeing right now, is this going to be the nail in the coffin for the Biden administration with so many people fired up about this issue? I think it's more local than people realize, and politics is always local. I myself last year had to deal with the horrors of human trafficking coming from Mexico and was involved in a fatal shooting where I had to uh, put down an evil uh, man. And unfortunately, even in that situation where I did everything I could to restrain myself, I was uh, my wife and I had our eyes open to the evil that's even in small towns. And again, people see it. Uh, they see it whether they're in their grocery store and they see inflation or whether they're out at their – wherever they go in their town and they see the crime, the broken windows. This is the final nail in the coffin for the Biden administration. It can be one headline or 20. In the end, it's the same result. They failed. They failed at their most basic job. Wow. It is sad. We're seeing this all over the place. And this, again, reinforces the idea for concealed carry and for self-defense as well, because we're not going to get a whole lot of that conversation for the mainstream media as well. Jason, hang on the line here. When we come back, I want to talk about what you guys do as well with your business and the preserved food and especially with the beef, which is already difficult to get in the stores and the some of the processed stuff that we get on how we can actually be prepared for whatever may come. Uh, by the way, which the headlines, if you did not watch on Thursday, Friday last week, there was a balloon again floating across the nation the military said there was no issue with it or at least no quote-unquote threat to this balloon but it was balloon gate 2.0 with it flying across it was spotted in colorado which if it did come from the west coast the fact that we didn't even see it until colorado shows that we have a serious issue as well was it something of seriousness or are they spying again or what the hell's going on and is that another cause for concern we'll talk about some of that when we come back here we're talking with jason nelson go check out the website wholecows.com we'll talk about some of that and what they do when we come back right around the corner as well preparing yourself for the ridiculousness of the world of 2024 lots more coming up here for a monday on the voice reason stay here This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason. With Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into it. Trying to bring that common sense, rationale, reason into society. I know it's a minority right now, but by golly, we're going to change that here on the program each and every day. Find us on our social media at Hoosier Reason, H-O-O-S-E-R Reason. Our newsletter coming out next week, which means you can go to HoosierReason.com, sign up, become a Hoosier-holic. 
sign up for the newsletter. And that always comes out the first Monday of the brand new month. Can you believe it, man? Super Tuesday a week away. Primary season all over the place. It's a crazy time. Right now we're hanging out with Jason Nelson. We're talking about immigration. We're talking about the agricultural industry. And let's talk about the food industry for just a moment. Because as you know, uh, and oh, by the way, thank you for all the kind requests. Yes, I have finished my six-day fasting. I, I am actually eating again in today. And I am excited to actually enjoy a massive amount of intense protein like actual steak or something hearty. So I <laughs> I am enjoying that. It is fantastic. Thank you very much for all the kind words. And yeah, I try to do that about once a year. But it is uh, after COVID, I think, was the awareness of, you know, the stuff, not only with the COVID vaccine mandates and mask mandates and some of the mandates from health organizations, but also starting to realize and look a little bit deeper about what we're actually putting in our body, keeping us healthy, boosting our immune system and doing it in a healthy and natural way which is hard to find nowadays, which is why I love businesses and organizations like this. Jason, you guys, like you said, you, you're you looking at these cattle and looking at this meat industry, which is already a tough industry, and trying to find a way to preserve the health benefits of that for the long term. Well, I mean, there's always that option of having lab-grown meat, right? Or, or <laughs> oh, yeah. 3D printed. You know, we've looked into It's very interesting because as we... Uh, the the purpose behind starting the company was there was multiple reasons for it. I, I have a long term idea that I believe that it's a lot easier to ship food uh, around the world when you have uh, when you can afford to, to to ship it. I mean, the reason we don't send you know beef to Africa is because you can't freeze it and ship it. So I, I and I, and I think that the quality of food that's out there is quite frankly lacking. I'm not picking on any one company, but. I see a lot of people tell me that if I'm going to survive, I'm supposed to survive on oatmeal, cheesy rice, and some sort of taco-flavored beef crumbles. Yeah. And, and and to me, that's, that's just insane. So, um, you know, we wanted to make sure that we could shift the paradigm on what people would expect in quality, you know. And more importantly, what they could expect uh, when you talk about quality and what's actually in your cow. You know, where was your cow raised? Do, do, do you actually know they come from some random stock feed yard where they were just, you know, bought up at auction for the cheapest value? And and those were areas we thought, we believe we can tackle this, especially being in Central Texas. It was something that we could focus on and ensure the quality of. And, and once we did all of that, now the hard part is keeping it, right? And, and you just realize that Legislatures are doing nothing to protect the people. Uh, they have the opportunities to write legislation that would turn around and prevent things that were at least requiring, I don't know, the basic labeling of, uh, of lab-grown meat. Uh, and they're not even and they're not even doing that. Um, we see in New York State that you can now buy lab-grown meat. Uh, uh, and, and I don't know about you, but I've always believed that you know, beef is grown in a pasture, not in a petri dish. Uh, but But maybe other people are okay with that. But the thing is, is that just like the Impossible Burger, if you want to tell people what's in the food and they want to eat that and consume that and see what it does to their bodies, let them. Uh, but I know what God gave us, and I know what, what uh, we've been able to do uh, at, through the agrarian sector and how much of a positive impact that's had on a stable society and allowed for so much growth. And, and it's just one of those things that we were able to tackle early as a nation, and now we're just taking it to the next step. Yeah. Um, but. Hey, one one theory for you. I do want to throw out. You mentioned the the, the balloon um, over Colorado. If it's full of hot air, it might be Nikki Haley and her campaign. Ooh, I like that. I like that. Yeah, it, it very well could be. I mean, it, she's got to have something to continue to stay in the race for an extended amount of time after being devastated four elections in a row, including one when she's not when Trump's not even on the ballot and she continues to lose that one. 
as well. I love it. Go check it out. It is wholecows.com. That's W-H-O-L-E cows.com. You can check out the website, check out all the stuff that they have. we got about 30 seconds left here, Jason, but talk about some of the products that you have on your website. Uh, well, hey, I appreciate that. So, again, if you go to wholecows.com, you can um, just – not only do we have uh, – we're the only company in the world that provides you with freeze-dried uh, uh, prime rib, freeze-dried tenderloin, uh, freeze-dried New York strips so that you can, rather than survive, you can thrive. Um, but on top of that, we are excited about the fact that we're bringing bison uh, to the menu here within the next mm. month. I just drove through Kansas as I was on my way to South Dakota to secure our herd. So uh, we're excited to be able to provide American self a safe, healthy, uh, uh, shelf-stable food. And, and anything we can do to help our fellow Americans, that's been my life's goal. God bless it. I love it. Juicy, I have no idea how hungry that makes me. I did a five-day fasting with no eating for five days straight. Now I'm thinking about bison and steak and prime ribs. So uh, thank you for that. I'm going to be enjoying that when I get home and have to get some of this stuff as well. We appreciate it. Jason, we'll get you back on the program again real soon. Jason Nelson, find it. Wholecows.com is the website. Until then, we're back at it again tomorrow. Be your own voice of reason. This is the voice of reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.